What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. Great song there, you too. Going back to 1988. In fact, there was Everlasting Love. You are on 98.5 weekdays with Mike. Good morning. Welcome to Friday. I hope your Friday is going to go well today. Good to have your company. Now, Friday is a good day to be thinking about what are your plans for the weekend. You're thinking about some of those jobs that need doing around the house. Well, if you've got some odd jobs that you need fixing and some maintenance, or you're even thinking about just making some cosmetic changes. We've got our expert in the studio this morning, and it is uh, Marty. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. Nice to have you. We can call you Maintenance Marty, I reckon. Absolutely. Is, is that all right? That's fine with me. Now, Marty, you're going to, um, you do basically all types of um, maintenance, repairs, or even you know, changes, obviously. Yeah, uh, that's right. Predominantly outside? Yeah, predominantly outside. All right, so I'm just thinking. So things like you fix retic? Yep. Uh, that, that's often a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, we do a lot of retic. <laughs> I used to have trouble finding my solenoids. Yeah, that was a major. Oh, we had a house some many years ago, so I had to get an expert and do even find where they were because they were scattered all over the all over the property. We find that a lot. We rock up to somebody's <laughs> place and we ask where the solenoids are, and generally they have no clue because they've either just bought the place, yeah. or they don't remember who put it in. It's a tricky one, but you do all sorts of uh, maintenance from uh, fixing sliding doors, which is a, which is another major problem. <laughs> they don't slide properly. Uh, patching walls inside, outside paving, gardening—you name it. You're an all-round jack of all trades. That's it, pretty exactly. well. Yep. Now you've been—you've uh, got a great idea for uh, to not only a little DIY project that we were sharing off air. But I would love to talk about this DIY project that I reckon most people could do, and I reckon they could do it this weekend, and it involves a great, uh, a great thing for the kids. So we'll come back and talk about that shortly. But if you've got a question for Marty, we've got maintenance Marty in the studio, anything around the house, inside, outside, you name it, let's help you out this morning. You can text in 0429-985-985, or if you want to give us a call, you can do that as well. You can uh, give us a call on 9313 Zero ninety eight five. Back after this. Is Harry Styles and Golden? You are on ninety eight five weekdays with Mike. I've got to maintenance and Marty in the studio talking at DIY or maintenance. You got a question for around the house? Text in zero four two nine ninety eight five ninety eight five, and we'll see if we can help you this morning, Marty. With some of those, it's often the little jobs, isn't it? It is. That people get stuck on. Retic, retic's an interesting one. It is. Yeah, we ha- we get quite a lot of uh, call for retic, fixing retic and solenoids, or just um, heads that aren't spraying correctly because they're a bit blocked up. Yeah. Okay. You know, the other one I was thinking. Do you often get a lot of calls for? Um, you know where the the cornice meets the wall. Mm. It often it often cracks. It sort of cr- sort of yeah. crumbles. What what's comes going, away what's going a on bit? there? Is that something I could fix myself? It is absolutely. So it just comes through um, a bit of settlement in the property, um, and yeah, it's pretty much as easy as running a corking gun along with a bit of silicon, oh. and then following up with a rep rag and just wiping oh. it up. Marty, how hard can it be, right? Absolutely, <laughs> I love it. Now uh, we were talking <laughs> off air about um, these uh, a great DIY project that you could do. 
a lot of people could do over the weekend. Tell us about it. It's a uh, mud kitchen. Yeah, so mud, mud kitchens are very popular. Uh, I've built quite a lot of these for schools and mm. for daycares and for the just the general backyard as well. I built one for my kids and they absolutely love it. They spend hours out there playing. Now, can you describe exactly what a mud kitchen for the kids outside looks like? Yeah, so uh, the ones I've built previously have been out of pallets. So you can pick up a pallet for free generally. Um, and yeah, I just stood the pallet up as a as a backing board and then I built a desk off of that about waist height, kids waist height. And then in that desk, I built... Uh, Put some troughs in there so that you can fill one with sand and one with water, and the kids can go to town making making mum and dad mud pies and selling them, um, and just using their imagination to really enjoy themselves outside and away from screens. You know what? You know what I love about that? It's actually not all that complicated to make. It's really not because you're talking about literally a pallet, and, and it's not too difficult. That, and then. I mean, we'll put some Im images up on our website a little bit later. And uh, a great activity for the kids to be outside. And they can pour water. You've shown me a picture of it. Yeah. You've got some, some uh, PVC piping on, on the back of that. And that just runs down through to these little these little makeshift kind of sinks you've, yeah, you've put exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. And keep the kids busy for hours. Yep. You can be um, as basic or as complicated as you like with it. I've built ones with running taps before as yeah. well. So actually getting a kitchen sink and putting that as the desk and plumbing a, using the um, garden hose, plumbing that onto the tap so you can have running water come out as well if you want that, or you can just have bowls with water in. The other good thing about, well, I like about that is it also doesn't take up a lot of space. It doesn't. So even for a lot of homes, if you haven't got a large backyard, this would actually be a great outdoor activity for the kids. Definitely. It takes up less room than a trampoline. and <laughs> It's safer. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> We'll take a break, Marty. If you've got a question for uh, our maintenance, Marty, this morning, you can text in 0429 985 985. Or if you want to give us a call, jump on the phone, give us a call, 9313 0985. Back soon. Swift, love story. You are on 98.5 weekdays with Mike joining me in the studio, getting all the maintenance tips from you, Marty. Having a great conversation. Um, it's been real. I'm, I'm love having you in. Question from Fred this morning: Pavers and uh, tree roots and lifting pavers. What is the best way to repair those lifting pavers? I'm assuming generally it would be from tree roots. Is yeah. that the most common? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or, or sinking pavers? Yeah, sinking pavers we get a lot of as well for cars moving on, on top of them or yeah. heavy traffic in the area or just poorly um, poorly prepped um, undersurface to begin with. So with the lifting pavers, what's what's the best way to tackle that? Because it can look quite daunting. You look at it and go, this always looks too hard. Yeah, and it, uh, you go, it's a bit of a trip hazard. I've tripped on it a few times. Yeah. I better do something about it. Um, so the easiest way is to just pull the pavers out of where they are currently, um, just the section that's being lifted and figure out whether it is tree roots or something else that's pushing them up. Generally it's tree roots. So it's just a matter of going along and, and cutting those tree roots out and then removing them and then putting in a bit of extra sand, getting it re-leveled and then 
putting the pavers back in using a rubber mallet generally you need a you need a couple of tools to get them out to begin with because they're quite um, locked in together generally I was going to ask you that now I have attempted this with a screwdriver is that not the best tool to use Marty uh, I use a <laughs> screwdriver as well most of the time Do you? yeah you just to get a bit of wiggle room and then once yeah. you've wiggled them a little bit loose and got the sand away from around them that's holding them in then you can just pull them out or lever them out. A screwdriver works, a cold chisel works. There's yeah. there's a few different okay. uh, things you can use. So you don't need anything fancy no. to do that. H can you tell me also, uh, and for Fred obviously, yeah. uh, can you, um, how far back do you actually pull those pavers up? Because if you, I'm just imagining, if you cut that root, the tree root back, mm. how much further back should you actually take, lift up? You're talking like only like three or four pavers or a meter. Like, what sort of radius would you generally? Yeah, do? so generally you want to give yourself enough working room. So probably it really depends on each situation as to how how badly lifted they are. But generally speaking, you want to be able to lift probably three or four pavers in a row behind where's lifted, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you've got some working room because you want to be able to recompact it once you've remove the problem, put new sand in, mm. and regain that same level that the rest of the pavers are on. Now tell me, how long before that tree root grows back? Because, I mean, is there a technique in even cut the way to cut that tree root? Or you literally just get some secateurs, cut it, and that's it? Yeah, it all depends on how thick that root is. Mm. Like I generally use a recip saw. A, wh a what saw? A reciprocating saw. What's that? Um, it's a, a battery-operated saw, oh, so wow. you're not working by hand oh, to, to cut it oh, yeah. and it allows you to get into a spot where you can't necessarily get a saw in there okay. to work. Okay. So. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, chat some more. If you've got a question for Marty, our maintenance guru this morning, you can text in 0429-985-985 or if you want to jump on the phone and give us a call, you can do that as well. 9313-0985. Back soon. Ninety-eight five weekdays with Mike. Our maintenance Marty is in the studio taking your questions this morning. And on the line, good morning, Gordon. From you from Showwater, Gordon. Yes, I am. Gordon, you got a question for our maintenance Marty this morning? Fire away, buddy. Okay, Marty. Um, last week I put some ant powder down on the front of the house, and then within four days um, I go to the toilet and the drain in the toilet floor there's sand coming out of it wow so i think i've chased the ants to the back now the question is how do i get how do i unplug the, the toilet drain okay um well as i'm not a qualified plumber um i don't necessarily uh know the best situation but what i would do personally is if you had a wet dry vac handy I would use that yep. to put down the drain and try and suck that sand out of there so that you can clear it out. You may need to loosen it a bit first with a, a screwdriver or a pole or something that you can get down depending on how deep it goes um, to loosen it up so that you can then suck that material out of there. That's a good... Maybe Are you talking good, yeah. outside? Outside. Outside the house or inside the house? Uh, wherever the sand uh, is closest to the top of that drain. Because the sand's coming out of the drain in the on the inside of the house. Whoa. So it's bubbling out of the top of it, is it? 
Yeah, but outside, I can't see it. I think it's underneath the bricks. It goes to a big central thing with a grill in it, but I don't know if I can get to that. That's all. Okay. I can try and suck it out, but I don't know. Do those do those grill, grills in the floor, do they unscrew? Don't they pop out? Um, some are fixed in. Some you might be able to unscrew. Without looking at it, it's really hard to say. I bet. Okay. Hey, Gordon. I'll give it a go yeah, anyway. Give it a go. Yep. Failing that, you might need to call your plumber, mate. But uh, thank you, Gordon. Hope all that works out for you. Really appreciate your call this morning. Uh, we've got some more questions coming, coming through. You okay to hang around, Marty? Yeah, absolutely. I know you've got plenty of jobs to do, right? <laughs> You're in the middle of doing all this work. Lots going on. But we'll come back and tackle some more. You are on 98.5. If you've got a question for maintenance, Marty, this morning, text him 0429 98.5. Or give us a call, just like Gordon did, 9313-0985. weekdays with Mike. Our maintenance, Marty, is with me in the studio taking your questions. Marty, got a question from uh, Damien from Byford. He's asking, I want to put artificial grass uh, out the front. I have retic. How would I go about starting the project and what things do I need to be careful of? Assuming, obviously, established lawn and there's retic there, what does he need to be careful about? Thanks, Damien, from Byford. Yeah, so I guess when it comes to digging out the front lawn to begin with, um, you don't know how deep the retic is in the ground. Um, so that's definitely something to be looking out for when you're digging out the front because um, you can bust pipes pretty easily when, yeah, you, when you're digging stuff out. Um, would you do that by, just on that, would you do that by hand? Would you carefully kind of dig around? Um, it depends oh. on how big the area is as to mm. whether we could get a machine in or whether it needs to be hand dug. Being out the front, generally there's pretty good access to bring a machine in to do True. that. Um, so, yeah, retic you definitely need to look out for. Um, if you've already got retic there, then best thing to do is to go around to where the sprinklers are and put a flag so you know where the pipes are running, um, oh, yep. unscrewing the unscrewing the sprinklers to begin with and just capping them off. So getting a, a cap from your local hardware, yep. putting it in the line so that you're not filling the pipes with, with dirt if you want to maintain the lines in case you want to change it down the track. Um, that's something to look out for. Otherwise, you just cut the pipe off and cap the end of the pipe so that you're not going to have an issue later on down the track if you do break pipe. So if you then, so if Damien cut the, cut the pipe and dug it all out, it's important obviously to cap that where you've cut it as well Correct. because yeah. the retic could still be on, couldn't it? That's right. And you still want the water to go to your other sprinklers if you need retic elsewhere in the property. So yeah. if you leave it exposed, then the water's just going to gush out the end of that pipe. Yeah. Any other issues that you've found, uh, Marty, when you've, when you've done that yourself? Any electrical issues there? Like, would there be any risk of that or any other wires going through? Potentially, if you've got solenoids in the area as well, then there's potentially wiring running through the ground. You do, depending on where you are, you, it's worth a call to dial before you dig mm. um, to make sure that there's no gas lines or or plumbing, other plumbing running through there, or Telstra. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All of a sudden, you've gone and you've dug up everything. Yeah. So really, they are the rule, all the checks. If Once you've checked all that, generally, you're then fairly safe to go 
start digging. Yeah. But capping it off is pretty important as well. Yeah, that's right. How, sorry, how far? How how deep did you did you say you should go? Yeah. So it? if you um if you're putting artificial turf in, generally you're digging out about 130 mil worth of material. So you're going okay. down a fair way yeah, so that you can bring in cracker dust to go underneath your artificial turf and depending on what level you're trying to match in with as to how much material you've got to take out and allow for the grass to to finish off level with, with that. So that depth, we're talking 100 mil, is that going to, does that depth eradicate further weeds coming through? Because when I walk around my neighbourhood, this is probably a, a conversation for another time I'm thinking, but is the depth of that cracker dust important to eradicate the weeds coming up, even with artificial stuff? Yeah, so you're going to, generally speaking, it'll it'll squash a few weeds, mm. but weeds will grow in like an in like five centimeters or no, sorry, five mil of sand, which blows in from yeah. down the street. So the the cracker dust will eliminate some weeds growing up. But it won't allow weeds blowing in from from the neighbourhood, if that makes sense. Oh, of course. Oh, that yeah, rests yeah. on top. Very good, Damien from Byford. Thank you for your question, Marty. We're out of time, but that was great fun uh, was. getting uh, getting some tips. I love your DIY project with the mud kitchen. If you heard that at the start, we've got a great DIY project that you could tackle this weekend. Uh, we will put an image up on that on our website. So if you want to check that out a little bit later, check out our website, 98five.com. Thanks, Marty, for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia or visit the website 98five.com.